0: Welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast, weekly reflections and meditations to start your week right. With your host, author, meditator, and founder of Mind, Body, and Spirit Entrepreneur, Rachel Thompson. Welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful Monday and a wonderful start of your week. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome you are listening to the reflection episode every monday i put out two new shows the first one is a reflection episode where we talk about intentions that we set every week Um, maybe some lessons i'll read from different spiritual texts or different thought leaders and we talk about how to apply these concepts into our lives then to help with that i also put out a guided meditation that really goes along with everything that we talk about So if you're brand new and you like this podcast, please remember to rate and subscribe so that you are aware of new episodes that come out every week. If you've not yet checked out getting your very own personalized meditation, that is still available so you get an intention that is customized exactly for your needs, what you want infused with your intention. Paired with specific binaural beats for subconscious retraining, if you would like, it can be infused with high vibrational energy. It's a whole bunch of really good stuff, so the link to that is below if you're interested. Last week, we talked about following your dharma, and if you missed that episode and you're not sure what dharma is, dharma simply means our life purpose, why we're here, what we can do, So special, so uniquely, that nobody else in this entire world, nobody else that has ever lived, is able to do it like we can do it. Now that doesn't mean that it's something completely new, completely groundbreaking, that nobody's ever done anything like it before or similar to it before. What it means is that you can bring something, a unique perspective, a unique way of presenting it to the world that absolutely nobody else can. So in last week's episode, we talked a lot about how do we know if we found it? You know, what are some things that we can do to see if we're going along the right path? What are some things we can do to put us on the right path? What should we pay attention to? And I got a really positive response from that episode And so I decided to keep going with it, and I'm going to do a four-part series that all talks about really following this dharma, our life path, how to do it. I don't want to say the right way because there's no real right or wrong way, but how to do it in a way that's going to best serve us, how to do it in a way where we are not Wasting years of our life in indecision and maybe going down paths that aren't a right fit, you know, different things that we should pay attention to. There are so many different components to this, that's why I decided to break it down. And in this episode, we are going to talk about desire and detachment. So how we can set forth an intention, how we can set the desire to discover our dharma or a life purpose, to live this life that we really desire to live, how we can do that in a detached manner. So we're going to get into this throughout this episode. It's so very important. It's essential, really, absolutely essential. If you want to truly follow your dharma and your life path, excuse me, and your life path, but it ain't easy. I'm here to tell you. So I want to start with a quote about detachment. And this comes from Ron W. Rathbun. And he says, True detachment isn't separation from life, but the absolute freedom within your mind to explore living. Let me read that one more time. True detachment isn't separation from life, but the absolute freedom within your mind to explore living. I think when we hear the word detachment, we often can confuse it with not caring. We're saying, oh yeah, whatever happens, happens. Oh, I can't be attached to my husband or my wife. I can't be attached to my friends or my dogs or my family because... You know, nothing is permanent and I can't be attached to a job I have or a living situation, again, because nothing's permanent and everything does come to an end. So I'm just going to sit here by myself and put all these walls up and not be attached to anything. And whenever you think about it that way, it's kind of ego-based. Um, there can be a ego in spirituality. I've heard <laughs> spiritual people say before, oh, well, that happened to you. This bad event happened to you because you were too attached you were too attached to that job that's why you lost it that's not coming from a spiritual place it's coming from an ego place not wanting to be attached to your loved ones for fear that you'll lose them is not coming from a higher place it's not coming from a place of trusting and loving it's coming from fear essentially And also just kind of letting things happen and saying, okay, whatever, I'll just go with it. That's also not coming from this place of love and trust and knowing. That's not coming from a place that's going to serve your highest and best good. You know, sometimes it can be coming from a place also of fear. It can be coming from a place of not wanting to do the work. I'm not trying to say that we're lazy or anything, but that can be kind of a component of it almost like an excuse that well i'm just going with the flow so i don't have to do anything because whatever's going to happen is just going to happen so i'm just going to sit here and let it happen in a really detached way i think those are the main misconceptions about detachment what detachment really is is it's a knowing and it's a trust and as the quote said you're really just opening your mind up to explore life for what it is Without that fear, without the need to control things, you know, in one of its simplest forms, detachment is, let's say, going on a vacation and not having any expectations of how that vacation can play out. Now, that doesn't mean you don't plan things. You can still plan to take excursions here and excursions here, but you're not walking into those from a sense of this better go this way or I'm not going to be happy. You're going on the vacation not because you're expecting it to melt away all your stress. Not because you're expecting it to rekindle a relationship. Not because you're expecting it to be a beautiful day every day. You're going on the vacation and you're hoping to experience some new things maybe. You made some plans to experience some new things, some new food, some wine, different adventures, and you plan for those, and that's kind of where it ends. And then whatever happens, happens, and you learn to appreciate the beauty, and you learn to guide what you do based on what happens. So let's say you plan to go hiking on vacation, and it rained, and instead of being distraught about this and thinking your whole day is ruined you're saying okay well that wasn't meant to be today what is meant to be what can i do now that is really coming from a place of detachment and going on vacation is a really simple way to explain it but really this is how we should approach everything in life now as i said before there is a balance between the desire and the detachment Being detached does not mean that you don't have desire. It doesn't mean that you don't want things for your life. It doesn't mean that you don't set intentions. But you have to find the balance of setting intentions and then detaching yourself from them. It's kind of a hard concept to grasp. But we live in a world of duality. There's always two sides to everything. You know, there's light and there's dark, there's good and there's evil, essentially. There's yin and yang, and desire and detachment are just two sides of the same coin. And this is why they're both essential to discovering your dharma, your life purpose, and to actually being able to live it. So I want to read a couple excerpts from... Two different books, two authors I'm sure most of you are very familiar with. One, if you've been listening to this podcast, you're going to know the book because I've read from it a bunch. I'm not going to read a lot from it, though. Just like two little paragraphs, I promise. Um, So the first uh, book that I'm going to read from is Dr. Wayne Dyer's Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And the second book is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Because they both talk about this desire versus the detachment. And really what these two authors are doing is just reiterating what spiritual texts have been saying for years. And they're putting it in very simple and plain language. And that's why I want to pull from them. And that's honestly why I pull from the seven spiritual laws of success so often in this show. It's not that Deepak came up with these profound Thoughts that have never been stated in any other text before. It's just that he says them so well. And they're so applicable and easy to understand in today's world that it's a great resource to pull from. To know how you can apply these very deep spiritual concepts in today's life. And the same with the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. So this is his book that he wrote after essentially living the Tao Te Ching for a year. So if you're not familiar with the Tao Te Ching, it is uh, centuries old uh, Chinese spiritual text which is written by Lao Tzu. So what Dr. Dyer did was he would uh, read a verse, there's 81 verses, he would read a verse and he would live this. He would contemplate it and then he'd live it I think four days each verse or something like that, three or four days each verse and uh, then he wrote about it and he interpreted it. So I'm going to actually take from the very first verse the very first chapter from his book change your thoughts change your life uh, it's a really good book there's 81 chapters each one for uh, each verse but all the chapters are super short it's not like a crazy hard read or anything so what I first want to do is read the actual verse from Lao Tzu from the Tao Te Ching and then not give his whole interpretation of it but read just a segment that talks about the desire verse, the detachment so the first verse The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The Tao is both named and nameless. As nameless, it is the origin of all things. As named, it is the mother of ten thousand things. Ever desireless, one can see the mystery. Ever desiring, one sees only the manifestations. And the mystery itself is the doorway to all understanding. Now, in his explanation of this verse, he talks first about desiring. Desiring is the physical expression of creating conditions that allow us to be receptive. That is, it's in the world preparation for receiving. According to Lao Tzu, wanting to know or see the mystery of the Tao will reveal evidence of it in a variety of manifestations, but not the mystery itself. But this isn't a dead end. From this ground of desiring, the flowering of the mysterious Tao grows. It's as if wanting transforms into effortless allowing. Desiring, one sees the manifestations. Desireless, one can see the mystery itself. So I'm going to read the second paragraph, but just very quickly, when we talk about the Tao, the Tao is God, the Taoist is Source, the Tao is that unconditional, loving energy, spirit, divine mother, whatever that means to you when he's talking about the Tao, that's what he's talking about. He then goes on to say, When we tune in to what Lao Tzu is telling us, it becomes readily apparent that our world produces abundant examples of paradoxical process. Think of gardening and desiring those luscious homegrown tomatoes or spring daffodils. Allowing them to grow is ultimately what happens. Now think of the things in life that involve wanting and how they differ from allowing. Wanting to go to sleep, for instance, rather than going to sleep. Wanting to diet rather than dieting. Wanting to love rather than loving. In this reference to the Tao, desireless means trusting, permitting, and allowing. Desire is both the beginning and the ground of desirelessness. Yet, wanting is also the beginning and the ground of allowing, They are the same, and they are different. And before we discuss this, let me just read a couple paragraphs from Deepak's book. He has two chapters that I'm going to pull from. The first is chapter 5, The Law of Intention and Desire. Inherent in every intention and desire is the mechanics for its fulfillment. Intention and desire in the field of pure potentiality, which just means that anything's possible, have infinite, organizing power and when we introduce an intention in the fertile ground of pure potentiality we put this infinite organizing power to work for us so that was chapter five i'll read now from chapter six the law of detachment which is funny because he had the law of desire and then next quickly followed by the law of detachment i'm sure you're picking up on a pattern in all of these texts In detachment lies the wisdom of uncertainty. In the wisdom of uncertainty lies freedom from our past, from the known, which is the prison of past conditioning. And in our willingness to step into the unknown, the field of all possibilities, we surrender ourselves to the creative mind that orchestrates the dance of the universe. Essentially, that mind he was talking about is the Tao that Dr. Dyer was talking about. It's that universal mind. It's the universal energy, these universal laws that are bigger than us, that are bigger than who we are within our egos. It's that universal mind that our higher self is connected to. But when we become too attached to our desires, we cannot hear clearly. Or we refuse to listen. Or we throw a fit and resist everything that it tells us now these two books are basically saying the exact same thing we live in this world of duality there are two sides to every coin like I said earlier the desire and the intention is essential you have to be clear with the universe you have to be clear with yourself what it is that you want but I caution you Not to become so attached to the details and not to want to know everything right away. But instead trust that once you set that intention, the universe will then come and help you bring that intention to fruition to make it a reality for you. I think what a lot of us do that kind of keeps us stuck from really reaching our full potential. really reaching that life purpose, that dharma, is we set an intention and we become super attached to it. We think that we know how it all should play out and we might even visualize this. We might think that we should get this type of job or create this type of business and we're going to make this amount of money the first year and with that amount of money, we're going to be able to buy this car in this house and we're gonna be able to travel here and here and here and what we do when we put these limits on our intention is we block out the real success and the real prosperity and the abundance and the happiness we block out the signs and the signals from the universe when we set intentions and hold on to intentions from this space we are coming from our ego We are coming from our narrow perspective of what we can see from where we are at that moment. But if you set the intention, a broad intention, or even a specific intention, and then you trust and you allow, you are letting a power that's so much greater than you, a power that has a bird's eye view of how it's all connected, what exactly you need in your life to reach what you desire to fulfill your dharma, you allow that power to step in and guide you. And whenever you think about it, it's actually the easier way to go about it. But we make it so hard for ourselves because we resist. And a lot of us have been resisting our dharma almost our entire lives. We have never truly allowed ourselves to surrender Perhaps we get intuitions, but we allow our egos to immediately shut them down. We allow fear and doubt in, or we think that those intuitions must be wrong because it does not fit within the box that we created around ourselves, around our intentions. If we set a very specific intention, like I mentioned earlier, to maybe live in a certain place, have a certain career, and we get an intuition that we think. Will take us off course. We don't listen to it. And what we're doing is we're prolonging the process to actually accomplishing our dreams, to fulfilling our Dharma. You know, there's a lot of apps out there that you can use to map how to get places. Sometimes when there's traffic, it takes you on back roads, it takes you away that you wouldn't normally go. Often, what I do whenever I am GPSing how to get someplace, especially if it's someplace far, is I put on the GPS and I see how long I'm going to be on a particular highway. And if it's longer than 15 miles, I turn it off and then I turn it back on and recheck it, you know, whenever I think I'm getting close to an exit that I need to take. Now my sister, who has traveled more than me and who's driven all types of places, actually keeps her GPS on the whole time because what she said is that whenever you keep it on, it's going to redirect you whenever there's traffic coming. So she lives in Florida, and she drove up here earlier this year. Um, Well, I guess it technically was last year, but whenever they got hit with the hurricane. And um, she lives in Florida. I live in Charlotte. So just (laughs) now that you know where up here is, uh, so she was driving to Charlotte. And of course, there was a lot of people evacuating. There was a lot of traffic. So she ended up going all sorts of crazy ways. And keeping that GPS on really helped her because she got off the highway before it got too congested, took some crazy back roads, and then got back on. I think what a lot of us do in life is we do what I do when I'm driving. You GPS it. You see how long it's going to take you to get where you think you want to be. And then you just turn it off and you put yourself on autopilot. But I encourage us all to keep that GPS on. And when it tells us to take some crazy back road, trust, surrender, and trust. I've talked to far too many people, entrepreneurs specifically, who have told me that when they started out, they thought they were going in a completely different direction. And I was just talking with a friend of mine Her name is Kay, and she has a podcast coming out called "Abundantly Successful," and I was a guest on that. And we were talking—I think—I think it it was after our interview had ended, so it was, you know, off-air or whatever. And she was talking about how her business wasn't doing that great, and because of that, it led her to more spiritual practices, and then she incorporated the spirituality in her business, and it flourished. And that really resonated with me, and we talked about it, because I feel like that's very similar to my journey. I had a lot of what could be perceived as a failure, but if I did not have those, I would not be on the path that I am now. Now, I fought it every every step along the way. and Not every step, <laughs> but a lot of steps I fought it. And by fighting it, I don't mean that, you know, I was like kicking and screaming, But I would get frustrated, you know, there were tears. I would stubbornly stick to a path for the sake of sticking to it whenever the universe was telling me maybe I should be right. But whenever you detach from the outcome and you fully learn to surrender, then the universe will bring about those desires. It might not be the way that you want it to be, or the way that you think you want it to be, but it will always be, in a way, That is where your highest and best good. And we can never really tell until we have reached where we want to be and we look back. Because I can look back at everything in my life now. It all makes 100% complete sense. It could have been so much easier if I just let it happen. It was going to happen anyway. I didn't have to resist it. I made it so much harder for myself. How many of you can relate to that? This making it so much harder for yourself, and then you still end up at the same place, and you're like, oh, well, why'd I waste all that energy? I got here anyway. So, the meditation that goes along with this episode will help you do just that. We are going to set an intention. We are going to Do a visualization where instead of forcing the visualization, we allow it to come to us. So it's a different type of visualization than we've done before. So we allow this visualization to come to us and then we completely let go and we detach from it. So as you are going throughout your days this week, keep your intention in mind. Set an intention for what you want. And like I said, the meditation is going to be perfect to help you do that. Try to keep it fairly broad and continue to set the intention all week long that you trust. And just notice. Notice when you are resisting. Notice when intuitions come up, but you immediately want to fight it. Most likely, that is your ego. Your ego will be very convincing. Remember, your ego wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you where you are at which is the exact opposite of trusting and surrendering. Your ego is about control. Your ego keeps you in the box. So when you have intuitions that might seem scary, they might seem fearful, that is almost a good sign because that means that you are going to push yourself in a direction that you've never gone in before. You cannot find a different path by staying on the same road that you're on now. You can't just stay on the highway going 65 miles an hour and expect to get to a completely different place in your life. You're going to have to take some back roads. You're going to have to get on another highway at some point, and that can be scary. And you know, right now, and I mentioned this last episode, it's such a fast moving energy we just had a new moon and it was a very powerful new moon that was on june 13th it was really powerful i don't know if how much you follow astrology or the moon or anything like that i don't follow it much but i can notice whenever their energy the energy does shift in relation to it and this last moon for myself was very very powerful and i'll share a quick story and some of you might think it's really cool and some of you might think i'm crazy and that's okay i i feel compelled to share it anyway as i mentioned on the show i'm going through my master's program in reiki and we have what are called attunements where we get attuned to the energy so that we can allow the energy to flow through us we had an attunement the same night as the new moon on june 13th and I've gotten them before. I've been getting them the entire Reiki journey, so for almost two years now. And this was, and for everybody in my Reiki class, the most powerful and tumid that we've ever experienced. And it's interesting because we all had similar experiences because we went around and shared after. And so just to know that we had similar experiences was very powerful and made it even more real. Because when you have experiences that are more metaphysical, a little supernatural, you can question it. But whenever you hear everybody else had a similar one, it kind of validates it. It kind of hushes your ego off. It's like, no, okay, something really happened here. Anyway, so whenever I was getting the attunement, two very specific things happened. The first was... I felt a complete connection with everybody else in the room, like there was no separation. I can't explain it better than that. You know, there was just no separation between me and the person next to me. It just felt like a, a fluid energy between all of us. And then I felt a comfort that I'd never felt before in my entire life. Like somebody was holding me and comforting me And the thought that I had in my mind was, I wonder if this is what it's like when we transition, when we pass away, we transition to the other side. It was this most loving, safest I've ever felt in my entire life. And another lady in the class is very visual. So when she goes through things like this, she visualizes. So her experience was similar to mine, except I'm more of a feeler. Um, so her visual experience was that she saw this green connection between all of us, which anybody who knows about the chakras, the green is related to the heart chakra. And then she like felt and visualized that we're all in these cocoons, like these safe cocoons. Very similar to what I experienced. As a result of that, it almost felt like a rebirth in a way. Like I was cocooned and then I emerged from it. And I feel like that's an energy going on right now and one that we need to trust, and one that we need to allow. And something else that came from that experience is, I know, I, I, I've I, known, but I really, really knew at that time, the universe has our back, as Gabrielle Bernstein would say. We are not alone. We are being protected. We are being guided. We're being loved. And you can think that that Comes from the energy, the universe, angels, guides, God, source, divine mother. We're all different in the way that we experience it. We all have different language to use for it. But in that moment, I realized how very real it was. But we don't feel that protection because we block it out with our ego, with our expectations, we block it out with fear. And that makes it really hard to surrender and trust. You know, in that moment when I was getting that attunement, I completely surrendered. I completely trusted. I didn't fear a single thing. I don't think I could fear anything if I wanted to. You know, then I went back to reality and I still have my fears and anxieties and things like that that come up. So it's like I had to remind myself of that because I still am not in a place where I can physically feel that all the time. But I know it's there and I tell this to you, um, hopefully not to make you think that I'm crazy, but I tell this to you as a personal experience from myself to let you know that you are no different, that you are protected, that you are in fact being guided. And when you let go of control, you allow something that's greater than yourself to protect you you release those blocks so that you allow your guides or your angels the universe to help you out to cocoon you and allow you to be reborn in a sense but but we stop it because we cocoon ourselves we cocoon ourselves with our fear we cocoon ourselves Like I said, with the expectations, with a compulsive need to control, with our habits, our always wanting things to stay safe and the same, we cocoon ourselves and we block out everything else. And when we do that, we stay in one place forever. We just stay safe by cocooning ourselves with a false sense of safety, if that makes sense. We think we're shielding ourselves from the bad, but we're shielding ourselves from the good. Once you break free, and you almost become a butterfly, staying with the cocoon analogy, then you can watch your world really open up. Then you can fly wherever you want. If you've ever seen a butterfly get out of a cocoon, it's a struggle. But they need that struggle to be able to fly. I forget where I heard this story, but, and this is the last story I'll tell for the podcast, (laughs) because I don't want to ramble too much. There's a story that I heard. A father and a son had uh, caterpillars and they had like a little aquarium or whatever you put caterpillars in they formed little cocoons and then they turned into butterflies and they saw how much they struggled to turn into a butterfly so the dad thought that he would help the one out and once it started to emerge from its cocoon i think he just cut it open and what had happened was that butterfly because it did not struggle to push through that barrier of the cocoon It didn't develop the muscles to fly, and it couldn't. So he thought he was helping it out, but he actually hurt it forever. And so I think when we cocoon ourselves against hardships, we think we're protecting ourselves, we think it's going to be better for the long run, but all we're really doing is keeping ourselves stuck, and we're not allowing ourselves to build those muscles so that we can fly, so that we can reach our fullest potential So that we can fulfill our dharma. And I will leave you all with that. Like I said, this is the first part of a four-part series of really fulfilling your dharma. So today, desire and detachment. If you haven't gotten it by now, I'm sure you all have though. (laughs) Set the intention and release it. And just see how your week goes. And just notice if your ego's thrown a little fit. If you're trying to keep yourself safe and in the same position. Or if you're allowing things to come to you try to tune in with your intuition throughout the week, even if it's driving home from work. Ask your intuition, like, what way should I go? And maybe it will be a different way than you habitually have gone every single day. You know, just little things like that. I try and do it when I walk my dogs. Like, I'll tune in and I'll almost let it pull me in a certain direction. And these things aren't huge, you know? I mean, sometimes it can be. Like, if your intuition tells you to go a different way from work and maybe you avoid like an accident or something like that. I mean, that could be really life-saving intuition. But whenever we're practicing this, a lot of it's just practicing those muscles and practicing trusting. I don't think it really matters most of the time which way I, I turn whenever I walk my dogs, but it's kind of fun to see if I can tune into it and allow myself to just go with it, even when it's out of the habit of the way we normally walk. So just an idea if you want to try that out this week. You know, the first book I ever read was Sometimes Things Change from the Way They Were Before. It says a butterfly was once a caterpillar was the first line in the book, and that's what we need to remember. The new you, the you you want to be, the you who has fulfilled their dharma is starting today with who you are now. Allow the universe to guide you and trust in this process and be open to the change. Hey, I wish you all the best of luck. I'll talk with you next week for part two of Fulfilling Our Dharma. Love and light. Thank you for listening to Mindful Mondays with Rachel a Mind, Body, and Spirit Entrepreneur production. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to www.mymbse.com for more free resources and trainings. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. And join us next week for a brand new meditation and reflection.